0: Chapter Two of Aunt Jane Sneezes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Aunt Jane Sneezes by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Two. Mother and Daughter in the cosy chamber of an apartment located in a fashionable quarter of new york louise merrick reclined upon a couch dressed in a dainty morning gown and propped and supported by a dozen embroidered cushions upon a tabouret beside her bed stood a box of bonbons the contents of which she occasionally nibbled as she turned the pages of her novel the girl had a pleasant and attractive face although its listless expression was singular in one so young it led you to suspect that the short seventeen years of her life had robbed her of all the anticipation and eagerness that is accustomed to pulse and strong young blood and filled her with experiences that compelled her to accept existence in a half-bored and wholly matter-of-fact way the room was tastefully though somewhat elaborately furnished yet everything in it seemed as fresh and new as if it had just come from the shop which was not far from the truth the apartment itself was new with highly polished floors and woodwork and decorations undimmed by time even the girl's robe which she wore so gracefully was new and the books upon the centre-table were of the latest editions the portier was thrust aside and an elderly lady entered the room seating herself quietly at the window and after a single glance at the form upon the couch beginning to embroider patiently upon some work she took from a silken bag she moved so noiselessly that the girl did not hear her and for several minutes absolute silence pervaded the room then however louise in turning a leaf glanced up and saw the head bent over the embroidery She laid down her book and drew an open letter from between the cushions beside her, which she languidly tossed into the other's lap. "'Who is this woman, Mamma?" she asked. Mrs. Merrick glanced at the letter and then read it carefully through, before replying. "'Jane Merrick is your father's sister,' she said at last, as she thoughtfully folded the letter and placed it upon the table why have i never heard of her before inquired the girl with a slight accession of interest in her tones that i cannot well explain i had supposed you knew of your poor father's sister jane although you were so young when he died that it is possible he never mentioned her name in your presence they were not on friendly terms you know jane was rich having inherited a fortune and a handsome country place from a young man whom she was engaged to marry but who died on the eve of his wedding day how romantic exclaimed louise it does seem romantic related in this way replied her mother but with the inheritance all romance disappeared from your aunt's life she became a crabbed disagreeable woman Old before her time and friendless because she suspected every one of trying to rob her of her money, your poor father applied to her in vain for assistance, and I believe her refusal positively shortened his life. When he died, after struggling bravely to succeed in his business, he left nothing but his life insurance. Thank heaven he left that," sighed Louise. "Yes, we would have been beggared indeed without it." agreed mrs merrick yet i often wonder louise how we managed to live upon the interest of that money for so many years we didn't live we existed corrected the girl yawning we scrimped and pinched and denied ourselves everything but bare necessities and had it not been for your brilliant idea muttered dear we would still be struggling in the depths of poverty Mrs. Merrick frowned and leaned back in her chair. "'I sometimes doubt if the idea was so brilliant, after all,' she returned, with a certain grimness of expression. "'We are plunging, Louise, and it may be into a bottomless pit.' "'Don't worry, dear,' said the girl, biting into a bonbon. "'We are only on the verge of our great adventure, and there is no reason to be discouraged yet, I assure you brilliant of course the idea was brilliant mamma the income of that insurance money was insignificant but the capital is a very respectable sum i am just seventeen years of age although i feel that i ought to be thirty at the least and in three years i shall be twenty and a married woman you decided to divide our capital into three equal parts and spend a third of it each year This plan enabling us to live in good style and to acquire a certain social standing that will allow me to select a wealthy husband. It's a very brilliant idea, my dear. Three years is a long time. I'll find my creases long before that, never fear. You ought to, returned the mother thoughtfully. But if you fail, you shall be entirely ruined. A strong incentive to succeed, said Louise. Smiling. An ordinary girl might not win out, but I've had my taste of poverty, and I don't like it. No one will suspect us of being adventurous, for as long as we live in this luxurious fashion, we shall pay our bills promptly, and be proper and respectable in every way. The only chance we run lies in the danger that eligible young men may prove shy and refuse to take our bait. But are we not diplomats, mother dear? We don't despise a millionaire will be content with a man who can support us in good style, or even in comfort, and in return for his money I'll be a very good wife to him. That means sensible and wise, I'm sure, and not at all difficult of accomplishment. Mrs. Merrick stared silently out of the window, and for a few moments seemed lost in thought. I think, Louise, she said at last, you will do well to cultivate your rich aunt." and you have two strings to your bow. You mean that I should accept her queer invitation to visit her? Yes. She has sent me a check for a hundred dollars. Isn't it funny? Jane was always a whimsical woman. Perhaps she thinks we are quite destitute, and fears you would not be able to present a respectable appearance at Elmhurst without this assistance.' but it is an evidence of her good intentions finding death near at hand she is obliged to select an heir and so invites you to visit her that she may study your character and determine whether you are worthy to inherit her fortune the girl laughed lightly it will be easy to catch all the old lady she said in two days i can so win her heart that she will regret she has neglected me so long exactly if i get her money we will change our plans and abandon the adventure we were forced to undertake but if for any reason that plan goes awry we can fall back upon this prettily conceived scheme which we have undertaken as you say it is well to have two strings to one's bow and during july and august every one will be out of town and so we shall lose no valuable time Mrs. Merrick did not reply. She stitched away in a methodical manner, as if abstracted, and Louise crossed her delicate hands behind her head and gazed at her mother reflectively. Presently she said, "'Tell me more of our father's family. Is this rich aunt of mine the only relative he had?' "'No, indeed. There were two other sisters and a brother, a very uninteresting lot, with the exception.' of your poor father the eldest was john merrick a common tinsmith if i remember rightly who went into the far west many years ago and probably died there for he was never heard from then came jane who in her young days had some slight claim to beauty anyway she won the heart of thomas bradley the wealthy young man i referred to and she must have been clever to have induced him to leave her his money Your father was a year or so younger than Jane, and after him came Julia, a coarse and disagreeable creature, who married a music teacher and settled in some out-of-the-way country town. Once, while your father was alive, she visited us for a few days, with her baby daughter, and nearly drove us all crazy. Perhaps she did not find us very hospitable, for we were too poor to entertain lavishly anyway she went away suddenly after you had a fight with her child and nearly pulled its hair out by the roots and i have never heard of her since a daughter eh said louise musingly then this rich aunt jane has another niece besides myself perhaps two returned mrs Merrick, for her youngest sister who was named violet "'Married a vagabond Irishman "'and had a daughter about a year younger than you. "'The mother died, "'but whether the child survived her or not "'I have never learned.' "'What was her name?' asked Louise. "'I cannot remember, but it is important. "'You are the only Merrick of them all, "'and that is doubtless the reason Jane has sent for you.' "'The girl shook her blonde head. "'I don't like it,' she observed. Don't like what? All the string of relations. It complicates matters. Mrs. Merrick seemed annoyed. If you fear your own persuasive powers, she said, with almost a sneer in her tones, you'd better not go to Elmhurst. One or the other of your country cousins might supplant you in your dear aunt's affections. The girl yawned and took up her neglected novel. Nevertheless, Marte dear, she said briefly, I shall go. End of chapter 2